Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Whether you're a fan of the bright, fun-natured, happy and very pink Barbie movie, or you prefer a more tense, gritty Christopher Nolan biopic like Oppenheimer, the truth is, either way, chances are you're actually on the same team, Team Cinema. And the evidence is all in the viewing figures. The dual movie release last week led to the biggest weekend for UK cinema going since 2019. Some cinema brands reckon as many as a fifth of customers saw both in one day, and the juxtaposed pair generated almost £30 million at the UK box office. But their success sits against the backdrop of a failing cinema sector, now dominated by just a few remaining brands, illustrated by the collapse of the Empire Cinema chain, which closed six of its theatres and went into administration just weeks before the Barbenheimer duo made it to the big screen. And another spanner in the works for the industry is of course the recent SAG-AFTRA strikes, which saw actors walk out of London's Oppenheimer premiere the day before the film's release. So, in an age of Netflix, Prime Video and Disney Plus streaming, can UK cinema actually make a comeback? Joining me now is the Evening Standard's chief film critic, Charlotte O'Sullivan. So, Charlotte, first of all, what have you made of the quite extreme, really, hype around what's now being called Barbenheimer in the lead-up, certainly to last weekend when both the films launched? I'm a massive fan of both Barbie and Oppenheimer. So that the hype was just a dream come true for me because they were both projects that I'd been thinking about, looking forward to for months, actually years in the case of Barbie. So the fact that both films are so wonderful was just a dream come true. And now that they've been, the response has been so great from audiences, it's like all I've ever dreamed of, that summer movies don't have to be done and that it's not a question of, oh, the kind of summer movies that women like versus the kind of summer movies that men like. All those distinctions have just gone by the by the way, which is so nice. All those stereotypes of what women want, which is kind of bright colours and a nice wedding. What men want is explosions and stunt work and a race against the clock. Those elements are all in Barbie and Oppenheimer, you do have a race against the clock in Oppenheimer. You do have bright colours, dancing music and Barbie, but they're both really smart. That's the thing I would say about both films. 
they're just really intelligent and audiences seem to be loving that. And in the build-up to both films, we saw a lot of marketing specifically for the Barbie film. It was almost Barbie mania, really, with that pink Barbie mansion in Malibu returning to Airbnb. We had custom Crocs, the Barbie selfie generator. Would you say the film's success is all or largely down to its marketing? Absolutely not. I think the marketing was brilliant and it brought in a demographic that Greta Gerwig, the writer-director, really wanted to see her film. She didn't want to preach to the converted. She wants to, you know, share her take on Barbie with everyone. And I think the marketing really helped that. But I think a lot of people love Greta Gerwig. They've seen Lady Bird. They've seen Little Women. She's her own amazing brand. And once she was attached to the project and people knew that Margot Robbie was producing as well as starring, they sort of had a feeling that it was going to be a little bit different. Margot Robbie also produced Promising Young Woman, which was an incredible film directed by Emerald Fennell, and it was really sort of savage feminist fable. So Margot Robbie is a really serious figure, and so is Greta Gerwig. So I don't think it was just the bubblegum pink um, schmutter that was being flogged everywhere. I, I think these two women have a reputation and a following and, and that's part of what's built the momentum for the film. And this trend of pitting two major and quite opposite movies against each other on the same weekend isn't new. Barbenheimer's been compared to clashes like The Dark Knight versus Mamma Mia in 2008 and Jumanji versus Heat in the 90s. Do you think this tactic works best for films and cinemas? I think what's exciting is when the film's are really worth seeing. You know, otherwise it's just a gimmick. And I remember, I mean, 2015, you had Mad Max Fury Road the same week as Pitch Perfect 2. Now, Pitch Perfect 2 is a sweet comedy, but it's it's not a masterpiece. So there, the clash, for me, wasn't so satisfying because it sort of tied into the, oh, comedies aimed at women are a little bit more frivolous and action movies are more serious. I like it when the films that are pitted against each other have equal weight. And so that's for me what makes this kind of unique. And as well as unique, it's obviously led to a a record weekend for cinemas. I think it's the, the best weekend for cinemas, certainly in the UK since 2019. Do you think this and all the sort of hype and hysteria around these two films can spark a bit of a revival for cinemas? I thought the big film of the year was going to be Mission Impossible 7. That's the one that we were all assuming would get everyone, you know, all the bums on seats because Top Gun Maverick had done so well. And I really enjoyed Mission Impossible 7, but it just, it it ends on a brilliant note that the stunts are brilliant, the um, Orient Express stuff is really good. But I don't think Tom Cruise quite pushed himself as much. The script isn't as surprising. So if this phenomena sparks films that are more surprising, then I'm all for it because I really don't think on paper you could have predicted that they would come out on top, especially with Oppenheimer. It is dense and talky and it's not about sort of saving the world from the Nazis. I think that's what some people might be going in expecting or even wanting and they get so much more, you know, a a story about responsibility and guilt and paranoia 
and and people are they they have got the unexpected and they're saying we want more of this so yes i hope this is a chain reaction and that we get it changes how we think of movies Let's take a break now. In part two, Charlotte explains why she thinks directors hold the key to encouraging us back to the cinema. I think there must have been some producers at Warner's who were thinking, oh my goodness, will this be a hit? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. So are there any other films this year that perhaps people aren't talking about that did do as well or even better at the box office? It's quite funny that poor old Super Mario Brothers, which actually made more than $1 billion, just isn't part of the conversation. It's like people take it for granted, but I thought that was a really cute film and I can still picture and hear Jack Black wailing away as Bowser in the, that slightly creepy way. Um, yeah, very much a toxic male, but very, very funny. Um, so I, I think it's a bit unfair that it isn't getting um, any credit for saving cinema. What else do you think needs to change, Charlotte, to keep people making the trip to the movies, aside from perhaps cheaper popcorn? I think it's directors who really have control. Greta Gerwig said, I'll, I'll make this Barbie movie, but I want my writing partner on board, Noah Baumbach, who's an amazing director in his own right. He and Greta Gerwig worked together on White Noise, which was another film all about existential dread. Very funny, but it was very much in the indie sort of genre. So she was sort of saying, I want to do this on my own terms. So she's got her writing partner. Her best friend, Kate McKinnon, plays Weird Barbie, who's very weird and does lots of talking about vaginas. So Warners went with Greta's vision, and I think that's the difference. And it, you know, we sort of expect that with Christopher Nolan. He is very, very respected. But even so, I think there must have been some producers at Warners who were thinking, oh my goodness, will this be a hit? And, and I think you can tell that from the budgets. Oppenheimer was made for $100 million, Barbie for $145 million. Those are not huge budgets by blockbuster standards. So I feel there was a sort of trade-off. Okay, you do your thing, but we are not going to give you, you know, absolutely millions to play with. And I think the directors have absolutely pulled that off. They're economical films and they have an authenticity because I think they really reflect the director's personality. 
And in terms of this potential momentum now, this spark in terms of getting people back to the cinemas, do you think the SAG-AFTRA strikes, which have obviously been in the news recently, could impact this momentum? And, and how do you think they will play out? It is quite scary. Um, it's already having an impact um, that the, the actors joined the writers' strike has really sort of up the ante. Because no one, sadly, people don't care that much about writers, but they really care about actors and they want to see them on talk shows and on red carpets. And the actors are saying, nope, that's not going to happen. And it was so um, glaring at the Oppenheimer premiere because, of course, Oppenheimer, um, you know, the man, J.R. Oppenheimer, was very interested in workers' rights, so it felt absolutely appropriate that at this film the the cast were making a stand for how actors and writers are treated because they are just workers but as a film lover you're just thinking help because already at film festivals some of the biggest films have been pulled because they don't have the stars to promote them and studios are panicking so i just want the strike to be over i want the writers and actors to get their demands met because We've got everyone excited about movies again and we need the movies in the cinema. So looking ahead, Charlotte, if Hollywood does want to keep this momentum going, what upcoming films are you getting excited about this year? So I'm very, very excited about June 2 and Wonka, not just because Timothy Chalamet is in them, though that is uh, perhaps part of it because I am a very, very big fan of his, but they're just great projects. Again directors with real integrity and that, that seems like there'll be humour in, in both films as well as the visual spectacle. Um, I'm also looking forward to The Marvels and Napoleon. So, you know, fingers crossed, there, there is a lot of good stuff this autumn, winter, but it just remains to be seen whether we'll actually see it or whether they'll all get pushed to 2024. Pick up the Evening Standard newspaper for more news, interviews and analysis or head to standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.